um, New Year series. But uh, just to finish this off, we've been talking from Mark chapter 1, all of those early disciples. So while you're looking for Mark chapter 1, let me read this, um, this psalm, uh, which I love. I love this psalm. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved, and he who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber or sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time and forevermore. I tell you, when you know the keeping power of God, you know, ah, oh, he's, he's on you. He's kept you. You know, and he, we don't often know what could have happened to us had it not been for the Lord. And some things that are meant for evil for us, we know the Lord has protected us and kept us so many times. So many times he has. And that's, that's, that, that's lovely. Um, so we're talking this morning about becoming. And you can really become once you believe and you belong. And you have to go back to the last few weeks where I talked about what it meant to belong, what it meant to look out for each other in a series I called I've Got You Back. And I've still got you back. And you can have a listen to those. And what it really means to believe and to take responsibility for that belief. It's not just that we say that we believe, we do what we say we believe. And as we do that, change begins to happen. And change begins from the inside and we begin to become the people that we're supposed to become. And we can only do that when we really feel connected to Christ and we connect it to the body of Christ, which is the local church. And we make our home here. I know if you're a visitor and you've been visiting then you're ever so welcome. We love that you're visiting us. And maybe you're looking for a home church. Maybe you're not sure where you belong, where you're supposed to be. I would say this is a good church to belong to. And come and be part of us. Come be part of a home group. Um, come be part of the ministry work here and all the, the volunteers that we have on, on Sunday mornings and all the other days that goes on. We're right in the center of the community here. You know, We began as a church who looked out for others and my parents began this in 1981, and we bought a house, and we took people in. And, uh, you know, so that was my upbringing. Here we are with drug addicts, alcoholics, um, all sorts of different people coming in and seeing their lives changed and transformed. I tell you, there's no other better way to grow up, I don't think, than seeing the transformation power of God in people's lives. And we've begun that. Then we bought this building in 94. And we've continued to help and transform people's lives. And I think God's got more for us. I'm really excited of what God's going to do. Um, but this is a good place where you can belong. And as you belong, you hear the teaching. You open up the scripture. You, you get to know one another. We talk and we debate things. And we talk about what God's doing. And we start to believe and that belief gets stronger and stronger, and we grow in our faith each day, and we start to become all that we're supposed to become. I know what it really means to believe, and that belief to start to change and transform us. I believe in a God who transforms us, and he does that through his word. Open the scripture daily, I say, and start knowing what you believe. 
start getting some background behind it. Buy some books, read, listen to some tapes and teachings and things like that. Gives your time to develop and train yourself and you'll see what God can do. Because I really believe that there's so much potential in each and every one of us. And you know how difficult it is when you see those who have such a massive potential and yet they're not living up to that maybe they're only using half of their potential and maybe there's a growing sense of frustration that we're not all that we're supposed to be that somehow we're not living inside God's best for our lives and God has a calling for us and a mission for us that we can become people who will draw others into relationship with Jesus Christ there's a becomer in you if you just want to let it out to let it out And I know we're all in that process. And some of us are in a different stage of process of becoming all that God wants us to be than others. But we're all in that process. Because if we're really honest with ourselves, we can do better. We can do better. There are habits that we need to beat. Situations that need to change. Things that need to grow and develop in our lives. That You know, myself, I want to become more than what I am right now. I want to become that better person. Not just for my home, for my wife, but for my family, for my children, for my church, for my culture, for my neighborhood, for the workplace, for every place I want to become a better person that I can become that example for others. And we began to speak about Christ and how he called his followers there. And there was a making and a, that came with the calling of those first disciples. First Jesus said, come follow me. Come be part of my gang. Join me. Second, he says, I will begin to transform you. And that transforming comes as you, you learn from me, you teach from me, you hear my teaching, but not, as do, not just do as I say, but do as I do. Live, be part of my circle of influence and I will make you all that you're supposed to be and you will be used to bring others into God's kingdom. I tell you, there's a calling from Jesus Christ. People say, I don't know what I'm called to. Well, look at the scripture. Look at what Jesus called those first disciples and say, yes, I want to be part of God's calling in my life because I know he's got more for me. He has got more for me. We'll read it here. Mark chapter 1. We'll start at verse 14. It says, Jesus went to Galilee. He preached the wonderful message of God's kingdom realm. Oh, it's a wonderful message of God's kingdom coming. His message was this. At last, the time of the fulfillment has come, or the kingdom of heaven is here. It's time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced now in its fullness. So repent Turn your lives back to God and put your trust and faith and hope in the good news, the gospel. And Jesus was walking along the shore of Galilee. He noticed two brothers, Simon, who he called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. He watched them as they cast their nets into the sea and he said, Come, follow me, and I will transform you into men who will catch people instead of fish. You know, he's going to take what they were good at, what they were expert at, where they were gifted, and I'm going to use those gifts to further my kingdom. I tell you, we don't maybe know all that we should be, but we know that we should be using what we have to further God's kingdom and his gospel. As people, my friend, that need good news, we were out yesterday giving out hot chocolate and praying for people. It was wonderful. I to pray with like four or five people right there on the streets. And I'm talking to this one guy and I said is there anything I can pray for and he's like no I'm great I'm fine and we just carried on talking for a bit about the weather and all this and you know and I said well are you sure and he says well you know I am due to go into hospital and I'm like 
you know, thinking to myself, well, no, you were fine a minute ago. No, I'm going into a hospital. His name's Terry. I've got to have a triple heart bypass. And, you know, I've been on the operation waiting list. And I've had stroke after stroke. And, and I'm thinking, man, you really do need prayer. You really need to know that there's a God who loves you. You know, people might believe in a God that created the world, but they don't always believe that God's interested in them personally. I think that's so sad that they know maybe there's a kingdom of heaven somewhere out there, but there's no way we can be part of it. And this is the good news that Jesus is bringing, is that you can be part of this kingdom. You can. And God's interested in you. He's interested in you. And if you pray and if you open, you say, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He taught them to pray like that. And he says, you can be part of this. Come be part of my circle of influence. Immediately they left their nets. They left everything to follow Jesus. And Jesus went out to the Lake Galilee and a massive crowd came and he taught them. What happened to those fishermen's lives? They were changed and transformed. There was a total change of life. When we come to Christ and we choose to follow him, there are things that we need to leave behind. But these are things that maybe we like, but we know are destructive to us. And we have to leave those destructive behaviors behind because you know they're not good for you. And we come and we follow Christ because he has got a big plan for our life. And he's not only going to change and transform our lives, but he's going to use us to change and transform those around us. And it begins with that repentance, that turn around to change of heart and mind. you know, And then say, okay, what can I do to be all that I'm supposed to be? What will I be? What if everyone in here decided that they would become all that God wanted? them to become what if they made what if we all together made that decision and began the process of becoming what if we were to let go of past frustrations of regrets let go of hurts what if we were to close the door to the enemy the doors that we have opened we can close those doors that are making us feel condemned and lost and making us feel contained where we should be expanding making us feel like we want to give up instead of we want to press on I tell you, the Word of God is coming to us this morning. And the Word of God is powerful. Like a two-edged sword, it can divide between what's of our flesh and what's of our spirit. And it can bring us into a place where we can start to become all that God has for us. This message is helping us to become all what we're supposed to become. Whatever stage that we're at, I say keep coming to church. Keep being part of what God is doing. If you want to become, then come. Be one who comes to church. You know, Hebrews 10 says, Do not forsake the gathering together in the church as some have done. He says, he says that there's, uh, there's loving others and doing good things for others is a key part of being part of this. And if you belong and you believe, then the becoming is only a few steps away to be all that God designed and destined for us, people who will win souls for his kingdom. And whether we think our life is great, some of you might be thinking, yes, you know, I'm there already. I'm finished. There's nothing else for me. I'm great. And even if you are great, and I believe you, I believe God has more for you to begin to win souls for him. You may be an excellent fisherman. You may be an excellent businessman or businesswoman. Or you might be excellent in your, your field of expertise. 
But it's not just worldly wealth that's going to gain us a place. He who wins souls is wise. And there, as a follower of Christ, he wants you to take you further. He wants to share his secrets of his missions with you. There's a deeper relationship with God that he has for you. He wants you to bring, him in, bring us into his inner circle and bring others into his kingdom where we take responsibility for ourselves and our own beliefs and we begin to change and transform a world around us that so desperately needs a touch from heaven. The kingdom of heaven isn't worldwide, but it's our job to bring that kingdom of heaven in. I want to open in Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. In the background here, it's a story about Gideon. And uh, we'll jump in, right, I'll read it. Now, if you've got your Bible, you can follow along. Judges chapter 6, verse 11, it says, The angel of the Lord came down and sat under the oak tree at Oprah that belonged to Joash, one of the Abyssalite people. And Gideon, who was Joash's son, was separating wheat from the chaff in the winepress to keep the wheat from the Midianites. A little background here, Israel is in a difficult season, to say the least. There's an oppression of the Midianites. I think that word sounds like media. And I think we're under an oppression of the media sometimes. And we're bullied by it into thinking wrong things. But anyway. But here are the Israelites. They're hiding in caves. They're, they're, they're treading uh, wheat in wine presses because they don't want to be found out. They're hiding within their four walls. They're contained by the culture around them. They're not growing and they're hiding. Like a church would hide within its four walls. Maybe scared to speak out on what is right and wrong, maybe scared to witness and give their faith to others, maybe scared about having tough conversations, conversations that we're maybe not sure in our culture has such strong opinions on, but we have a, an opinion on it. We have a gospel that works for every single person. We don't fear having conversations. Talking yesterday to someone, I said things we don't talk about, religion and politics. Well, let's, come on, let's talk about them both. Let's talk about what God is doing in our culture, in our nation. Let's talk about not just party politics. I don't get involved in party politics, but get involved in politics, small p, which is how people's lives go about our daily lives. But we can affect that. We can change that. And we might not get to vote for another five years. And whether you're happy with the result or not, uh, five years we can vote again. But let's not get just into party politics, but let's get into the things that change people's lives that really matter. And it's time the voice of the church, the voice of Christ comes in our culture louder and louder. Whatever government's in place, they need to hear that Jesus is king. There is a kingdom here and God is in charge. Not they're in charge, but God is in charge. And we can make a difference. We can make a difference. Right now, in the way we love each other, the way we treat each other, and having those conversations that maybe we're frightened to have. And that's where the Israelites are. They're frightened into their own little people groups, into their own little realms, not believing that God is powerful, not believing his God is mighty, worrying what people will think about them. Instead of influencing the media, Medianites, they're, they're hiding they're retreating, they're confined, and they're not reaching out their destiny. They're withdrawing, and we're never meant to hide our faith. And the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon, and he says this, The Lord is with you. You are a mighty warrior. 
mighty warrior. You know, the scripture tells us time and time again that we're meant to be the head and not the tail. We're meant to above only and not beneath. That greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And the world at large needs to hear about our faith. You know, religious, religion, religion and politics are not something that ought to be private. They ought to be something that we put on the public stand and have a say on the issues that matter. Like, let me show you what the love of God looks like. Let me share with you the good news that Jesus came. Let me share that you don't have to live in darkness and shame. But God has come to take away your guilt. He has paid the price for your shame. He's taken your pain and he's nailed it to the cross. He took your pain and your suffering and he's given you a new life. This is the good news that we need to get out there. The one who gave his life for us, that we can turn from our sin and we can follow him. That God wants to be involved in every part of our lives. And God comes in the angel and speaks to Gideon. You know, he bypasses Joash. Joash, that, that name means the fire of God. You know, that was his name. But it bypassed him and came to Gideon. Well, Joash was rich. If you read the story, I haven't got time this morning to go into it. He had ten servants. He had a rich, uh, he was a rich man, but he, he wasn't the one trying to make the bread and provide it. It was his son, Gideon. But even Gideon had a really small vision of the wine press, which was a very small thing, as opposed to a threshing floor, which was massive. He was looking just to sort out his own needs. He didn't have a vision bigger than that. But it skipped that generation of Joash, and Joash never reached his potential. But God saw something in Gideon. God saw something in Gideon that says, you are this mighty warrior. And I love Gideon's response. He says, sir... Pardon me, what are you talking about? If the Lord is with us, why are we having so much trouble? I think that is a question that is on everybody's lips these days. If God is love, if God is this kingdom and it's here, well, why are we having such trouble? Why is there such suffering? And these are things that we need to talk about. We need to talk about healing and miracles and, and why people suffer. We need a, a voice within that that says, yes, there is a God who is here. He's not absent. He is here and he's present with us. And we're not living like God's not there and God doesn't care. We're living like we believe in him, we trust in him. And he goes on to say, where are the miracles our ancestors told about? And, and did the Lord when he brought us out of Egypt, but now he has left us and handed us over into the Midianites. This is a question people are asking, where is God? And maybe it's because the church is hiding. Maybe it's because like Israel, we've just been confined and contained and we need to get out there. If people are asking where is God, then we need to be as followers of Christ, Christ-like, Christ followers out there expressing Christianity. Christ came to show us what God was like and how will people know what Christ is like unless we are out there representing him, being that body of Christ in the public sphere. And not be afraid of the question, where is God, where is the suffering? And the fact that Gideon... Um, Ask this question and it shows his heart. It shows where his doubt is. And then it switches. And it's not the angel of the Lord. The next verse says, the Lord turned to Gideon. The Lord himself. And when you see that word, the Lord, in the Old Testament, in the scriptures, that's Christ. 
pre-incarnate Christ coming to him. And I think any time that we have any doubts, any time that we have any questions, any time that we are suffering, any time that we're feeling like it's not working, Jesus is right there with us. He's right here. He's here with Gideon. And it's not just an angel now talking, although that is pretty miraculous that an angel would come. But now it's the Lord himself, Yahweh. He turned to Gideon and said, Go with the strength you have. Go with your strength and save Israel from the media, from the Medianites and the oppression of them. For I am the one who is sending you. He's saying you have potential. I believe in you. Go with the strength that you have. Don't look out and say, well, listen, if only I had the faith of the pastor. If only I had the faith of the youth leader, Andy. If I only had the faith of the worship team, then I'd be all right. And God is saying to us, no, you have the faith. You have the strength. Go with what you have. Go with what you know. You say, well, I couldn't tell anyone about Jesus because I know nothing. Well, tell them what you do know and start there and see what God can work through you because even in your strength, even in your weakness his strength is made manifest i tell you sometimes we just have to make that bold step and say i'm going because the lord has called me the lord has anointed me i tell you i'm getting way more excited than you guys are god has given you so much and wouldn't it be shame if we died with out realizing our full potential or it would bypass us and go to the next generation the strength my strength is made manifest in you despite your weakness gideon was hiding living off the little thinking as long as i've got enough for me as long as my family are enough then that is all i'm concerned with but god was concerned about the nation god was concerned about the influence of the media that was on that nation oppressing them causing them to hide, but God has a plan and a purpose, and he wanted to use Gideon. You follow that story to the end, and, and he's asked to put meat on the altar. I love this. He puts meat on the altar, and the fire of God comes down and consumes that meat. That, that's Joash, isn't it? Joash was supposed to have the fire of God, but he didn't reach his potential. But Gideon had that fire of God, and it consumed it. And, but he still doubted. You know what? If you're ever struggling in the process of becoming all that you're supposed to become, look at the life of Gideon. Man, he struggled with his faith. He laid out the fleece and said, if it's wet, then you know I'm good. If it's dry, then I'm good. And Gideon isn't the, our example for knowing how God speaks to us. That's not a good example. The guy was full of doubt and unbelief. You know, and we're full of faith. We're living in the New Testament where the Holy Spirit is in us, bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's how we hear from God, as his children. My sheep, they know my voice. Now Gideon, he was full of doubt. He was full of unbelief. He was struggling. And if you're struggling today, join the club because we're all in that same. He's not that perfect example of how to hear God, but God was patient with him. And I love that. God meets us where we're at. And maybe you're like that with Gideon and you need that confirmation, that confirmation of what God is saying before you even move and do anything. And even after those confirmations, you know, Gideon still struggled. He's patient. But now's the time to, to start to believe what God says about you because you belong and you believe and you become all you're supposed to become. Let's turn to Romans chapter 5. How do we become who we're supposed to be. And I say it's through faith. It's through faith. Believe in what God says about you. The enemy would love you to doubt what God says and cause that, did God really say? Did God really call you? Did God really choose you? And those disciples, you know, they were called and they were chosen. And Jesus says, I've called you and I've chosen you and I've appointed you that you bear fruit. That's John 
15. But here he says, Paul says to the Romans, he says, you enter through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us. You enter by faith into all that God wants to do in you. He wants to set you right, make you righteous. He wants to make you fit for him. And we have it all together with God because of our master, Jesus Christ. And that's not all. He says, when we throw the door open to God, we discover at the same moment he has already thrown his door open to us. And we find ourselves standing where we always hope to stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and his glory, standing tall and shouting praise. Yet there's more to come. We continue to shout praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because how can trouble because we know that troubles can develop passionate patience in us and that patience in turn is forged into the tempered steel of virtue keeping us alert for what god will do next in an alert expectancy such as this we never feel shortchanged quite the contrary we can't even round up enough containers to hold everything that god so generously pours out into our lives by the holy spirit that's Romans 5. I tell you, when you read these things, he has wide open spaces for us where we can shout and stand tall and stand proud because God's done it for us. And there's more. Even though we're troubled, even though we're hemmed in, he has got the Holy Spirit's gift for us to empower us. And we can't even contain what he's got for us. I tell you, when you stand up and you boldly declare and you begin to start fishing for people instead of just fish, you know, instead of start just looking out for my own life, my own situation, grinding up my own flour in a small little thing so I can have one loaf of bread so I can just eat for today. No, your vision is expanded into, wow, what can God do through me? Because I can begin to catch people and bring them into God's kingdom and they can begin to fulfill their responsibilities. Not only now am I taking responsibility for myself, but I'm taking responsibility for a nation. I'm a nation changer. You're not meant to struggle on your own. God has plans and purposes for you. It's not just about what you can do, but start in the strength that you have and start becoming whom you are destined to become. And how do we do this? And I am closing with this. In 1 John 3, and I've read this before, but I just love it so much. Look with wonder at the depths of the Father's marvelous love that he's lavished on us. For he has called us his own beloved children. He's called us to belong, to be part of his family, to know that we have a father and a mother, that we're not illegitimate, that we're not lost, that we're not orphaned. But he brings us into that security and safeness of his love. He does he brings you in. You're not on your own. You're not acting like God isn't there and God doesn't care. No, he's yours and you're his. He has called us his own beloved children. And you know, the world doesn't recognize who we are. They didn't recognize Christ. Why would they recognize us? We need to stop waiting for the world's recognition and stop waiting and more concerned what others think about us and start to live who we are called to be. The reason the world doesn't recognize you and who we are is because they didn't recognize him. That's buzzing, telling me I've got to stop, but I'm not listening. 
Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it's not yet apparent what we will become. I tell you, we come from a place that we are made in God's image, that we are loved by Him. We're in that security, and in, but we don't rest in that security because we know God's got more for us. In a lot of ways, we know our own weaknesses, we know our own shortcomings, we know the habits that need to change and transform, we know we need God's touch on our lives. But we do know when it is finally made visible, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he truly is. And all who put their focus, all who focus their hope on him will purify themselves just as he is pure. You know, I think there's a purification that comes with our transformation as our becoming. I tell you, there's nothing more attractive than someone that's filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the love of God. And I say, allow the love of God to be poured out into your hearts just in a greater way. Start to believe that there's more for you. Start to see that potential. Like we saw in Gideon, he said, you are a mighty warrior. He didn't feel like that. He didn't feel like that. In fact, he had so many questions as to why is there so much problems in my life? But God says, despite the problems in your life, I'm going to use you. Put your hand in my hand and see what I can do. See how I can change and transform your life. Let's just stand. Should we do that? just going to quickly pray and then you can collect your children and come back for the final song oh Lord Jesus we put our faith and our trust in you we put our hope in you we look to you for where our help comes from you are our keeper you are our guide you are our protector you fill us with hope Lord in areas of our lives we know need to change habits that we need to leave behind things like you know that have held us back We want to leave those behind and we choose to follow you. And as we follow you, we begin to become all that we're supposed to be. That we can reach our potential. That we can go with the strength that we have. And we can can begin to change and transform our life and the lives of those around us. Oh, Lord Jesus, you're doing it. You've begun a good work. Just like Paul said to the Philippians, I press on. He has begun a good work and he will complete And I don't count myself as to apprehended already, but I press on because I know, Lord, you have more, more for me. You have more for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.